Well, you know, world we live in now. There's too many people looking at my penis. It's shrinking. We're just going to take that 60 more times. Don't worry. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. is filled with people eating food and watching feel-good movies and basically that's the entire month just comfort food and it all caps it off at least in the United States with a giant holiday where you just you just guarantee that the people with you eat food that's it like Ugh. it's non-competitive it doesn't require a salary to go out and buy a bunch of presents for a bunch of people that are not deserving of presents it's nope. just like, if you're in the room, the only goal is to make sure that everybody in that room is eating. So it's kind of like, and that's what people care about. They feed you. So <laughs> in honor of this big, giant Thanksgiving event that's coming up, and yes, you could say like, oh, it's built on blood. Yeah, things terrible, ter terrible things that happened in the United States. But on that day, people mostly just eat, and they don't think about the genocide. And in a way, it's a way to combat genocide. But basically just saying... Hey, guys, the world sucks. Things sucked 200 years ago. But today, we're all just going to eat and drink and be merry. And I think it's the only holiday that doesn't really have a bias against its, against people. It's just literally eat food. Right. Um, I mean, and, and in a way, like, you could honor all the victims of a genocide – by saying, all these people are alive and we're eating and it's happy. You know, I'm talking about genocide. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what and this is off. about feel-good or comfort food movies? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about genocide? <laughs> yeah, it's going to start with genocide. Well, there is, still, there is still protest for Thanksgiving, and I get it, man. I, I get it. Like, what are you celebrating? The fact that a bunch of people died and the rest of us get to eat turkey. I get it, man. I really do get it, you know? And, uh... Being on both sides of the argument, I really got to play peacemaker. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really have a choice. Like, okay, these people died. These other people benefited off their deaths and collected a bunch of land. And now there's a whole country built on top of it. I get it. I really do get it. And there's protests every year, you know? But, like I said, the only goal of that day, it doesn't have to be Thanksgiving anymore. They could just call it Food Day or Everybody Fucking Eats Today. You know what I mean? Like, that's really the only goal of that day is that everybody gets to eat. Right. And you'll see that with, like, the food drives. Like, the rest of your year might suck. You might not have a meal any other day of the week. But you know what? On fucking Turkey Day, you're eating, brother and sister and cousin. And at little, it doesn't even matter, like, what walk of life you are. It seems like on that day, people are not assholes for some reason. And everybody just eats food. You know? So anyway, to gear up for this day of eating, we've decided we would pair films with comfort foods, so you would have films and comfort foods. I feel like the pitch for this series was a little bit long, and as Dave said... Oh, it's, it's comfort food, you know. It involves genocide. A, <laughs> so. comfort, well, it's just, you know, simply comfort food movies and comfort food. Yeah. You know, it's a food month. Yeah. 
So first up in film and comfort food, Dave decided that his feel-good movie is Mean Girls. Which, which, which by the title doesn't sound like it's going to be a feel-good movie. I, or com- Dave, I don't know why this movie makes you feel good, but I guess in 20 minutes we'll have an under better understanding of, of, of why that is. Well, again, again, you know, if or if we're going to say comfort food movies or you know whatever interchangeable, um, feel good comfort food, um, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that, um, you know, it's it's a it's easy watch. It's fun. Um, me and my wife watch it every so often. Um, I don't know. It's it's a movie I by all rights should not like, and yet it's so well written and so well done that it transcends its source material or what you think it's going to be. I mean, would you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, would this not be a movie that people our age or or men should not should like? I don't know. The book is Queen Bees and Wannabes, and it's a uh, nonfiction. Yeah, it's a, and, like a self help book, or yeah. Um, but apparently, the writer knew the real Janice Ian because Janice Ian's a rock star, and Janice Ian is one of the supporting characters in the movie. Right. Um, but this movie, like, it's kind of like Lindsay Lohan's most famous movie. And it's also rightfully uh, so. I mean, this is like Tina Fey, so it's like Tina Fey got a a Saturday Night Live pedigree. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big movie that came from Tina Fey's partnership with Lauren Michaels and came out of at a Saturday Night Live. Um, Well, at least trying to get Lauren to help develop the movie. It's got Tim Meadows as a principal. He's one of the best parts of the movie, I think. Oh yeah, Um, I agree. I don't know, like. Okay, my my thing about a feel good movie is the the litmus test or what qual what's the qualifier is you're in a bad mood, you turn the movie on, you feel better, or it's a movie you go to if you're not feeling great. Yeah. Um, like later on, we're gonna talk about Uncle Buck because oh, I actually fuck. had a true feel good experience with just flipping the movie on like two days ago. So that's on the list it'll be later on down the road because first we gotta get their mean girls so what's the setup for this this lady wrote a book about what it was like to be a teenage girl tina fey connected with the material brought it to her boss at saturday night live lauren michaels they developed it into a movie um came out like mid 2000s and Lindsay lohan at the time was becoming something she wasn't becoming what she is now yeah no this was still like uh, this is this is probably the top of the mountain for her, as yeah, far as she I, was, you know. Um, she was becoming famous, but her fame really hadn't peaked, and she hadn't gotten through all her personal drama, and then fallen from grace, so to speak. She was still kind of on the level, and as you said, it's like a pinnacle for her fame and, um, I don't know, well-roundedness in movies. So uh, she was the best candidate, I guess, for the job, and then um, rounding out the cast... I forget it. Well, Rachel McAdams. Yeah. As a Georgia. Georgia. Ah. God, I just watched this movie. Georgia? Georgia? Georgina or Georgia Spell. Ah, God, what the fuck is her name? Regina George. God damn it. Why did that take me so long to figure out right I don't know. You're not doing a very good job of selling this movie, David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I just had a mini stroke. Uh, uh. No. Um, yeah, Regina George, the, the ultimate mean girl. Then what Lacey Chabert as. Uh, Gretchen Wieners. Amanda um, Siegfried as Karen. Karen. Um, I don't know who's playing the hot boy, and I don't know who... I don't think he became much, or at uh, least not a big, big I don't know who's playing Damien. Um, uh, the boy who's considered too gay to function. 
by his friends, and then that turns into an insult later in the movie. Um, he's one of the supporting characters. He's kind of funny. Daniel something. I follow him on Instagram. Oh, really? Yeah, he's um, he's great. He doesn't. I don't think he really went on to much of a career after this. Um, I know before this, he did the movie, the Larry Clark movie, Bully. Well, um, he wants a career. <laughs> like, he does some well, indie. He does some indie stuff. Um, I'm connected to his publisher or whatever. But uh, anyway, I think he's a great actor. But then, yeah, I don't see his face pop up too. What's your name? Goes on to do. What was that show on Showtime called, like, Party or Episodes? Or what was that show with Adam Scott where he was, like, a caterer? Oh, um, uh, Party Down? Yeah. Lin- about Lindsay Lindsay Kaplan? Cap- yeah, Lindsay Kaplan plays uh, Janice Ian, who's real in real life. But anyway, um, the character version is, like, somebody who used to be one of the popular girls who got into a fight with this Regina girl that Dave is mentioning and... They had a huge falling out, and then she became, like, an anti-popular person. And, uh, this is, like, the breakout for her, for that that actor, Lindsay or whatever her name is, right? What's her name? Lindsay Kaplan. Yeah, Lindsay Lindsay Kaplan. Kaplan. Yeah, this was the thing that I didn't know her from anybody until she came out in this movie. Um, she's really, her character in this movie is really intense, though. Very kind of over-the-top, um, loud and obnoxious, really. Yeah pretty intense character um, she's more subtle in that party down show but she's pretty intense <clears throat> in this movie well and she was also on that um i don't know if you ever watched it uh she was on masters of sex uh while that show was on yeah Which, uh, yeah so if you want to see if show. you want to see her naked you just watch that show well yeah <laughs> but it's this funny unwritten thing like as soon as you talk about the amount of sex that makes good television people get really pissed off but I'm like, I'm like, that's it. Like this unwritten thing. Well, it's not totally unwritten because it's in people's contracts now. The right. naked writer, you know, if you work on a show, it's like, okay, you're gonna show your penis in episode three while you run off a cliff. All right, sounds good. That's in your contract, David. You didn't know that? It's in your binge watchers contract. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> son of a bitch, it's right there. It's the, the penis writer. <laughs> No, um, it, no, it just seems like that. Every HBO special, it's like, okay, everybody gets naked in this show. Everyone. I wonder if that's, uh, all that has to do probably with, like, some of the grief they've had with uh, James Franco and the deuce. Wow, I don't know. Oh, yeah, there was, like, a scandal or something, right? Or, like, something like, yeah. Yeah, now there's, like, a sex therapist or coach or something that helps you through the process. Yeah. We live in now. There's too many people looking at my penis. It's shrinking. We're just going to take that 60 more times. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. That needs to be at the uh, the beginning of the, the header of this episode. <laughs> that lasts a little bit. What? The penis writer talk? Like, yeah. It's in your contract. <laughs> oh, man. All right. It's like 11 minutes in. Let's see if I can remember that. To put it at the... the, the... <laughs> no. uh, yeah, but I mean, well, getting, like, going back to like, like Game of Thrones, like, uh, you know... Basically, it's like, all right, we'll just show some fucking, we'll show some sex, and then throw in a dragon every once in a while, and a dead zombie, and uh, and we'll call that 65 minutes of television. We'll win Emmys for it. Uh, I saw an interview with the creators of um, Game of Thrones. I don't know if you saw this. It was like a little controversial, where they're like, basically admitted they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They're like, oh yeah, we had our production assistant write like four episodes, and we really let the actors uh, dictate what happened to their characters. 
for a brief period. <laughs> and uh, we didn't really ask the writer too many questions. And I'm like, holy shit. Um, I, I, wow. I think this interview actually killed their Star Wars deal, actually. Like, they were supposed to produce a Star Wars trilogy. And, like, this right. thing this thing came out. And they're just like, well, fucking A. They seem like Jokers the whole time. Like, and that's just confirmed. Hmm. Man. And 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 Game of Thrones has nothing to do with Mean Girls, except I think there was a a sex writer in their contract. They just never actually. I think those were left on the cutting room floor. Or if you get the DVD, I'm sure the special edition has those cut scenes, <laughs> right, Dave? Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, so what's the point? Lindsay Lohan is a girl who's raised in Africa and is homeschooled, and she equates the high school to a real jungle, and a tribal environment. Right, like the watering every, hole. Yeah, the, and like every click. Every click's like a different tribe. And the plastics are the most popular. That's where that Regina girl is. And her friends think it would be funny if they pulled a prank on her by infiltrating the group and just messing with Regina. And then uh, she actually becomes Trying to popular. take her down. Yeah, she becomes like an uber Regina. She becomes a better Regina than Regina is. Right. And then, which actually humanizes. That's the only thing that actually humanizes Regina's character. Is that she's kind of taken down. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, like, there's this one great scene where Tim Meadows plays, like, the <laughs> the 1980s principal. There were these really intense yes. high school movies that came out in the 80s. Like, there was one called, literally called The Principal. And then there's right. also one with Morgan Freeman, which I don't remember. And there's me, one. Me. Yeah, and then there's another one that's, like, one of the first Denzel Washington movies that got on everybody's radar for, um,. What is that movie? It's like he's changing up the screw- the doors so people have to stay and take their tests, and then they try to get him in trouble for chaining up the doors of the high school. Yeah, that's uh, that's also lean on me. That's oh, is Morgan it? Freeman. Oh, but there's one with Denzel. I know there is. I think there is. Anyway, there was there used to be these really intense high school movies where, you know, this badass principal would roll up and save the day, and get, right. get kids back into learning. They'd get back into learning instead of drugs and gangs, and. uh and that was the whole thing. So Tim Meadows has a moment where he grabs a baseball bat and turns on the fire sprinkler to cool down all these kids that are fighting in the hallway. And he basically implies that he's, like, not going to die for this situation. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And, like, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's probably one of the best well, moments in the whole movie. I mean, the whole movie's. I mean, I think that's why this is kind of a comfort food movie is, for me is um, is full of just like little comedic moments. Um, a lot of them do come from Tim Meadows. Uh, also, during the um, the spring fling, um, she's giving the final speech and he keeps interrupting, saying like, you know, you could just kind of move along now. You're not expected to give a speech, you know. Hmm. Um, the further away he, from high school I am, I don't really think about it anymore. So, and I don't really want to want to watch a high school movie too too relive any of those greatest moments of mine so i, I don't dave I, I just like disagree that it qualifies as a feel-good movie like what what about this movie makes you feel better like how is this like one of those things you would go to if you're having a shitty day like you pop this one in and then you're watching just because it, it has a lot of laughs and it's a mm. it's like an easy movie to watch you know um again it's a comfort you know uh feel good i guess my definition is a little different in uh you know um I know what a feel-good movie is, but I guess I'm defining it as, like, it just makes me feel good. I mean, it's like I can kind of put it on. I don't have to, um, you know, not not that I want to sound stupid, but, like, I know it well enough where it's just, like, it's it goes down smooth, it, well, you know. I do know that Dave really likes this movie. He talks about it all the time. 
And Dave actually tried to save the DVD. Dave's original DVD copy he had put on this, um, I don't know what that is, the thing that fills in the cracks. And remember that? Like you had like a DVD. Oh, yeah. Because somebody, I think somebody lent it to somebody and it came back all fucked up. (laughs) I have that original DVD that Dave's talking about in my closet. Because you replaced your Mean Girls and gave me your other Mean Girls. Like, you, you wanted yeah. to make sure that the whole world had Mean Girls. Just like <laughs> the concept of making sure everybody gets fed on Thanksgiving. You wanted to make sure that somebody didn't go without Mean Girls. That's how much Dave likes this movie. <laughs> is he had to make sure that his buddy had about... a copy of Mean Girls. You know what? It's, I make no apologies. It is, it is a fun movie. I mean, again, I guess, like I said, I'm saying it's a comfort food movie. It makes me feel, you know... Again, I could put it on. It's easy to watch. It's fun. Hmm. You know, makes me smile. And, you know, uh, yeah, this came out after I finished high school, but not too far after. So I could still relate a little bit to it. Um, I wasn't so far out of high school by the time this came out that I didn't totally, you know, not understand it. I, well, I haven't watched like a new. What's that? Oh, no, I was just going to say I haven't watched like a common or um, not a common, but a, a current high school movie. So I have no idea what those are like anymore. The only high school movie I've seen recently. Well, it's not even high school. It's like junior high was the good boys. Movie. <laughs> oh, God, that movie's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's just ridiculously hilarious. Like side splitting, like you can't breathe. Your eyes are going to water. You feel like your ribs are bursting out of your chest because it's it's ridiculous. But that it's really, really funny. But the thing that came before Mean Girls was a movie, probably Clueless. I would say probably the movie Clueless. Yeah, like it felt like uh, the 80s was full of them, and then it felt like the 90s. Actually, we had quite a bit of the 90s. It was the late 90s. That's when like Cruel Intentions and um, uh, Varsity Blues and Election. I mean, there was like tons of teen movies in the late 90s. Oh, they referenced Varsity Blues and Mean Girls from. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it's Regina George's favorite movie. Yeah. Um, funny. it feels, I don't know. I think this is like the, for me, like this is where high school movies end for me just because beyond this, maybe super bad. I'll go as far as maybe as late as super bad. Hmm. But, um, you know, this is around when like, I'm just not going to relate to high school movies too much sooner or too much after this. Um, it's, uh, you know, every generation gets at least every generation gets at least a one or two like pinnacle high school movies. I think the eighties and the nineties got a few more, but. Yeah, that's um, true. But don't feel bad if you're out there going, I don't relate to high school movies. No, you not at all. To. I mean, you know, uh, like I said, I wasn't too far out of high school when this came out, so at least I could still relate to it to some degree. So if you're going to pair it with food, you're going to watch this movie and then eat some food, what is the comfort food that goes with this feel-good movie? Well, since on Wednesdays I wear pink, I'm going to say... A nice prime rib, medium rare, so you get some nice pink, juicy middle. Wow. Uh, so Dave wears pink, eats red meat, and watches Mean Girls on a Wednesday night. This is what he's doing. You know what? You fucking joke. That sounds like a fucking <laughs> awesome evening. <laughs> uh, see, I was thinking because like, this movie is um, like Clueless, still has like an L.A. vibe to it. Like If oh, you want to know what a Los Angeles high school in the mid 2000s was like like if you're doing a history project or something so uh, sociology project um then although you could watch mean girls or clueless and i would think you know if i pair up what these people are eating i would say mean girls and some sushi like some salmon rolls or a california roll or something 
would would pair up nicely with Mean Girls. Eat sushi and watch Mean Girls would probably be a nice comforting yeah. afternoon. Um, if Dave didn't make me watch this for binge watchers, I I've only seen this movie like three times, but I imagine Dave's seen it oh. probably more than twenty. No, not that many. I mean, I'm probably <laughs> now I'm just defending myself. I don't know, maybe like ten times or less. I mean, more more than three, but less than ten. I would say. I don't oh, know. Really? Hmm. Um, I don't know. Again, it's also I think um, my you know it's one that me and my wife have watched quite a few times often because again it's just easy to throw on. I mean, we all have those movies that, um, you know, just throw on. And just let it run in the background, or just you know whatever. This this is definitely one of those movies. I came so across another feel good movie recently. It's called The Mountain. You can watch Jeff Goldblum performing a bunch of lobotomies at mental institutions. It made me feel great. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know what, on a serious note, um, if, if I'm being genuine. Um, a good, a feel-good movie that just came out recently to Netflix. Like, I'm sure everybody's talking about it, but um, fucking Dolomite is my name. Have you watched that yet? No, like, um, I'm very excited and anxious to see that movie because it it's has so... um, Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes. Um, is it Keegan Michael Key or whatever? Keegan Michael Key yeah. or Keegan Michael Key? I call um, him a Keegan. Craig Robinson. Like <laughs> it's got like a ton of like great. Uh, great actors in it. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the cast. It definitely has a great lineup, and it's by the filmmaker who did Hustle and Flow. Right. Um, so. I actually need to watch it again because, um, not that we need to get too deep in this, but the reason why I wasn't on the last episode was because, like a good chunk of uh, Cal- of Northern California, I was without electricity <laughs> because yeah, PG&E decided to shut us off. Yeah. Um... The California power companies are doing something ridiculous. They think they're going to prevent fires by taking everybody's power away. When usually there's like a human error involved in most of the fires that are started in California. So, oh, a lot of ours are from arson. Yeah, so there you go. Somebody legitimately starting a fire. They were. I was seeing that on the map. Like they were tracking whether or not an arsonist could be moving across the state. Lighting fires. I wouldn't be surprised. But one of the biggie ones, one of the biggie ones recently was like, it was a DUI. Like, this guy crashed into something because he was drunk. So, again, turning off the entire town's power so they wouldn't get the message that there was a fire breaking out doesn't make any sense. As opposed to, uh, (laughs) I I don't know what the solution is, honestly. You can't prevent people from driving drunk. You'd think you'd be able to, but you can't. Yeah. So... There's no great solution. There's really no, there's no realistic solution. So, just but, like uh, what? Oh uh, no, I was just saying. But um, just real quickly, getting back to Dolomite is my name. What I was getting to was, I had to watch that on a tablet in the dark, mm. and even on a small eight-inch tablet, not a big TV, it's still a fucking well, how, great. Movie. How are you keeping your devices running? Um, because um. I was able to go charge them while I was at um, different places, like at work, because they had a generator. So, you know. Oh, I see. Uh, I, what I mean, you know, I would like uh, charge my brick, as I call it, but to charge other things, or, or you know, I would charge it when I drive, or you know, find little places here and there. Yeah. You know. But um, 
you know, and of course, just shut everything off. Any, but not that everybody needs to know all this. But long story short, I watched Dolomite is my name on a tablet, and it was still great because <laughs> no, I was good. able to download it before everything went out. Well, that's that's another thing. It's like um, tablet watching when your power shut off if you're like in a storm or something. Because we've done that. We've had blizzards. Or, oh actually, yeah, yeah. We had a wind and rainstorm that knocked our power out for like three days. This was like two weeks ago or whatever. Oh, shit. Uh, but, yeah, there was a podcast that I thought I wasn't going to be able to do with you. I think it might have been with the Hellraiser one or one of the other ones because, like, we had been without power, like, a, a few days before that. And I was like, yeah, that was it. Watching, like, a um, – who's special? Oh, the kid from Workaholics who went on to do the uh, – what are those singing movies with Fat Amy? What are those? What oh, are, uh, what are those Pitch movies? Perfect. Yeah, Pitch Perfect. And um, – Adam DeMamp was his character's name in Workaholic. His name is Adam something in real life, I think. Adam Devine? Yeah, Adam Devine. He was just actually recently in the uh, Righteous Gemstones uh, show. i got to get on that. How's that show? Uh, It's interesting, I guess. Um, It's not, like, overly plotted. Like, well, there is a plot, but... It's really about redemption. That's that's the only theme theme I can think of. But it's worth watching. Uh-huh. My point to bring him up was, and it took a long time to get here. Was <laughs> yeah, when we lost power, we were watching his stand-up special on my iPhone. You know, you know what I mean. On Netflix mm-hmm. was one of the things we were watching. But um, that's a whole thing. We could do a whole show on like your power's running out. What movie are you watching? <laughs> you know what I mean? Before your device loses power. Basically, at this point, is like a, just whatever I had downloaded already. <laughs> right. Well, but, apparently, um, and it's Mean Girls. Well, no, I downloaded that later. But um, what else did I? Uh, oh, I watched a lot of Big Mouth on my tablet. We did not really rip into Big Girl or Big Girls. <laughs> Big Girls, that's the sequel. <laughs> oh, there is a made-for-TV sequel to Mean Girls. There is. Yeah, I. Did you I watch never it? Bothered watching. No. Oh. They had, like, no endorsement from anybody from the original. It was, like, a made-for-TV, like, ABC Family movie that he's called Mean Girls 2. Yeah. It's the second round of Mean Girls. That's how mean they are. They get a second movie. <laughs>